This is Rob Scott, and you're listening to Fundamental Shift. Hi, everybody. Today's show is called Turning Anger into Compassion. And I think it's an interesting sort of two-phase approach to doing that. And we'll go through what the, um, what the two phases are. And for a little while, we'll talk about why it might be important to do that. Some people like their anger. And I wonder, uh, you know, if some of us don't want to just hold on to that and find an identity in it and all that. So today's talk, Turning Anger into Compassion. Thanks for listening. So does anger have any purpose? I think it surely does. It absolutely alerts us when things aren't all right with our belief system and with what's going on for us. We uh, get offended and we get angry and it's actually, it's a call to action. It's something that, you know, asks us to take an action, to defend ourselves, to do um, different things. Now, obviously on sort of a unity level of being, um, anger doesn't have much purpose at that level, but on a self uh, level of existence, it does. We have to, uh, you know, protect ourselves and we have to understand, um, you know, what we're about and what we're going through and, and all that. And so anger has absolutely got a purpose. The problem is, is we don't want to get lost in anger. And if that's the case, does it make sense to anybody that if you're getting more and more angry with, say, somebody at work or someone in your family, um, to hold on to that and the stress that that causes you and everything else is that how you'd like to live or would it be better if you could soften some of that and um, understand that there's really maybe in a lot of cases not as much to get angry about and that you can soften into a compassionate state with whoever's offending you and now we're talking about anger coming from other people specifically and we're talking about both things that are done maliciously against you and also things that aren't done maliciously against you. And we're going to talk about the two steps uh, that I find really useful in dealing with people who uh, make us angry. So phase one would be to, and it sounds very simple, it is very simple, to actually take the time and make it a practice to actually look at the situation from the other person's point of view. We often don't do that at all. We get very offended and we don't ever really look at it from where that person is coming from. And oftentimes when you do look at something from somebody else's point of view, you will find that what they've done isn't intentional, number one. Oftentimes people will cut us off in a car or do something like that. They're just trying to get to where they're trying to go. And if they're obviously not aware of our situation because we're in a completely different car and we're probably a stranger, and they don't know that we're rushing to meet somebody and that we're late for work or that we're doing whatever. And they're not purposely cutting us off. And so anger can take us into a place of really being very irrational and getting upset about things that aren't um, really there. You know, that person, that guy's against me. He's, he's uh, you know, tailgating me on purpose just to make me mad. And maybe that guy's just comfortable driving a little closer than you would like him to be there. So... The first step, the first phase of dealing with anger and, and turning it, you know, softening it into a compassion is to really look at the other person's situation. Is it possible that they're just trying to get to work too? Is it possible that they made a mistake or, you know, had an accident? And, you know, right there, actually, in a lot of cases, that's enough to really soften it into, okay, I can understand. I've been in that person's situation. In fact, I am the other person in this situation. And, um, 
I'm going to, I'm going to soften to it and it's going to be okay because I see that if I were in their shoes, I'd probably be behaving the same way, or it's possible that I could behave in the same way. Um, that's really useful. And that's, that's sort of phase one is to really just make it a practice to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Uh, I know it sounds simple and people already know this stuff, but we don't tend to do it that often. And, you know, you can point it out to other people who are angry in a soft way that, hey, maybe that person just was doing this and it's kind of like playing devil's advocate uh, to their anger a little bit. And sometimes we can soften it there. So that's phase one. Before I get to phase two, let's talk a little bit about what compassion means. If I look up the dictionary uh, for the definition of compassion, it's a deep awareness of the suffering of another coupled with a wish to relieve it. Now, what we've just done in sort of phase one of looking at somebody else's perspective is really not a deep uh, understanding of their suffering. It's a little bit more shallow than that. It's really just giving our self-perspective to the situation and not getting too stuck to our own beliefs and not getting too stuck to our point of view. Uh, so it's a little bit wider worldview of the situation or uh, a wider you know, social view of the situation from both sides, which is a wise thing to do. We're talking about growing wisdom. But true compassion comes from seeing somebody else's pain. And that's really where uh, phase two comes in. Phase two is much more useful if somebody's done something that's actually malicious to us, right? We might not need phase two if it's just an accident and we realize that. We can normally just excuse that. That's okay. But if somebody's actually coming at us, they have offended us, they have done something, they're angry enough at us that they're doing mean things, they're undercutting us at work, or they are actually keeping their high beams on behind us in the car and, you know, really tailgating and, and they're, you know, coming at us like that. That level of behavior sparks the idea that we need to start off with phase one, which is still look at it from their point of view. And if we find that wherever they're coming from, doesn't make any sense to us. Like we just wouldn't behave that way, right? It's it's normally outside. Real anger can start to come in for us. We can start to say, why is this guy treating me this way? This is, you know, this is bull. I don't, why, what's going on here? What we need to do there is look at the other person's perspective, but then go to phase two, which is develop an understanding that people don't behave that way unless they're in deep pain, unless they are uh, upset about something, unless they've been mistreated. Now, as an aside, I want to point out that we don't have to teach children how to lie, right? Uh, a small child will get caught in the cookie jar after they know they're not supposed to be there, and they will lie. It's very natural to lie. But that level of lying is really like self-preservation. It's not overly malicious. It's they're trying to protect themselves, and that's where that starts. But being malicious doesn't come until we're abused ourselves in most cases. I, I don't think that People behave that way unless they've really been treated uh, poorly. And so the practice of this begins outside the situation. It's really to start seeing that people are suffering, that people are upset, that people are scared, that people are sad. And they tend to take that out on us. And what we can see if we go to phase two of this sort of dealing with anger and, and turning it into compassion is if we can have an understanding that those people behave that way because they're suffering, that is the understanding of compassion. That is to say, okay, that person at work is doing that to me because they're really sad. They put way too much value into their job. They're threatened by me. They're whatever it might be in that situation. And 
the practice of it is using it in that situation, but it's also a daily practice of really just understanding that there is a lot of suffering out there and that people are trying to deal with that and that that's what causes these behaviors. They're not specifically hating you. They're, they're almost more unhappy with their own situation. And that understanding is where true compassion can pour in. Um, this is starting to touch on a concept of that's called Tanglen, uh, which is uh, a practice that has a lot of different uh, functions, and I don't want to talk about it too deeply here, but it's a type of meditation where you really start to deal with uh, negative emotions and uh, actually processing some of the negative emotions in the world and uh, in a lot of cases putting out better energy and things like that. But in general, we need to grow compassion through understanding that people behave this way because of their own pain. That's really the main point today. So would it be possible if you had a horrible boss who was mean to you every day, would it be possible for you to detach from that situation and understand that that boss is probably suffering? That first off, they're not as awake. If you're working on this level of emotion and you're trying to deal with this and you're trying to become a more compassionate person, you can take pride in the fact that you're evolving and that you're moving. Can you see that that person may not be moving as fast? Can you see that that person is in a lot of pain and doesn't really know a healthy way to process that, doesn't know a way to deal with anger, doesn't know a way to, um, to not treat people poorly? You know, abuse of power is a really offensive thing, and it's certainly something that makes us very angry. But is it possible for us to think about the leaders of our nations and all that? You know, some of us may be upset by some of the behaviors and the wars that are going on and all that. Can we find compassion even in that? Can we think of those people as doing the best job that they can, right? It may not be what we would do. It may not be, uh, you know, it, something that we agree with, but can we understand that through whatever belief system and through whatever, that people that abuse power, our boss at work and stuff like that, are really just trying to get along and that they're in every situation making what they think is the best choice. Can we soften into that idea? Because everybody at every turn makes what they think, you know, if you filter all their beliefs and all their understandings and everything that's going on, everything that may be haywire, everything that may be pure, everything that may be whatever their perspective is, they're making the best choice. And some what I might call less evolved people tend to make selfish choices because they think that's what serves them. They think that's what is the smartest. Uh, I would say that more evolved people tend to make choices that are better for a societal level or idea, more cooperative, uh, you know, choices. That is because they're a little more evolved. So having an understanding that people who are less evolved, it may not really be their fault. You know, they're being, they're acting malicious in this situation, but they're not malicious from their base core of choices. They're doing the best they can. And so understanding that and thinking about it that way uh, can also be helpful sometimes. So today we talked about two phases of dealing with anger and turning it into compassion. Phase one is to basically look at the other person's situation and to try and identify with where they're coming from. That alone, if you just do that, is a great beginning to relationships and dealing with other people. 
in general. Phase two is a deeper understanding of where malicious behavior comes from. People act that way because they're in pain. And if we can identify with their pain, we can think about them in a different light. If I think of a mean boss who's treating me badly in the light of they're unhappy, they're in pain, that's a little bit different. I don't take it as personally. I can identify with the situation in a more healthy way, and I can behave in a different way that may actually change the situation and may actually uh, stop whatever malicious stuff is going on or at least endure it until I can make a choice to move somewhere else. If your own anger continues, again, that we pointed out is a, is a call to action. And as long as that action isn't, you know, malicious back and immature back, uh, you can take good action. You can get a new job. You can move away from things that are unhealthy and et cetera and so forth. So that's primarily, uh, nope, that's exactly my show for the day. And uh, I thank you all so much for listening. My website is backtobreath.com. Please check it out. Get involved. Uh, leave me comments. Send me emails. Uh, I love it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Thanks so much for listening. Be kind to yourself and everybody else. Bye-bye. Let me turn it up.